I want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to start Click. the pot. off i got lucas in the background you hear him you hear him what's up guys james gutman here on high pod i'm dad welcome back to another edition of the show we are closing out august just at the very end getting ready for another school year 2023 oh my gosh where did the year go welcome back to another edition of the show it's friday you may have found me on any streaming service thank you if you did whether it's you know spotify audible all the ones you can name uh if not i'm on highpodomdad.com bookmark all the archives are up there uh, as well as the blog every week twice a week monday wednesday highblogomdad.com love writing about this stuff been a good week man long week bit crazy not feeling so great at the start but yeah i don't know we'll heal we get better, we move on, we evolve. An evolving week. Um, a wrestler passed away. I wrote about it on my Facebook story. I don't talk too much about wrestling on here, but some of the people listening to this might know Terry Funk. Um, legend in the pro wrestling business. Kind of like your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. He's one of those guys. And Terry Funk, for me, prior to doing this blog and doing this podcast, I used to interview pro wrestlers. That was my thing. I, I wrote about wrestling. I wrote two books about it. I uh, wrote for WWE Magazine, wrote for Impact Wrestling. But I got to interview all of the people that I grew up watching, all the rubber action figures that I owned as a kid eventually spoke to me for like half an hour and I put them on the internet. Uh, Terry Funk was one of those people. But actually, my my interactions with Terry Funk predate that in terms of how he really influenced me, um, I guess, doing things like this. Eventually, you know, talking about wrestling, writing about it, but then moving on and doing, you know, podcasts like this. I must have been about know, 14, 15 years old. I had gone to a wrestling convention out here on Long Island. This guy, John Arezzi, used to put on wrestling conventions in Queens. And we would go out there and all the wrestlers would be there and they'd do an auction. I met Buddy Rogers, Bruno San Martino, all the, the old school guys before me. I saw... You know, Tammy Sitch, Sonny, before everything went to hell for her this past week. But all those things uh, and all those people I interacted with, Eddie Gilbert, and I got to meet a lot of my heroes. And one day at one of these conventions, I was there one year, and I had gone into the autograph room, and I sat down with Terry Funk, and I said, can I ask you some questions for my newsletter? Because every 14, 15-year-old had a newsletter. I had one. I advertised it in wrestling magazines. I mailed them out to people. It was like $5 a month. <laughs> Loved writing and typed it out, the whole thing. So I sat next to Terry Funk, and Terry Funk started talking to me as if I was a real interviewer. I'll never forget. They had just had an MMA pay-per-view. And he's like, now see, he's like, everyone says it's wrestling. It's not wrestling. He's like, all the people who think they're smart. You, Dave Meltzer, you don't know shit. And it was so funny. His delivery was what I remembered from TV. And it was to the point where somebody came in that worked for the convention. And they're like, oh, they're like we have to get the fans out of here. And Terry Funk put his hand on my shoulder. And he goes, no, no, he's with me. He's fine. You leave him alone. And they left, and I sat in this room um, surrounded by people in the wrestling business that I watched on TV, all interacting with each other at a time when 
you know, fans were not supposed to be there. It was pretty cool. It was awesome. So that influenced me. And that's one of those things, man, that when you're a kid, um, how you're influenced by those around you, how you grow into who you want to be and how really just encouraging somebody and working with them makes them a better person. I try to do that with both my kids. I try to do that with my daughter. She's into, you know, tennis. She's into, you know, acting and drama and things like that. And I support her. And the same thing with my son. You hear him in the background. He's nonverbal. He has autism. A lot of people hear a story like the Terry Funk story. or They hear about me encouraging my daughter and they think, well, that's so sad. He doesn't have that with his son. And that's one of the reasons I write this blog so that people know. Yeah, no, I do. I encourage my son every day to do different things. It might not be the same kind of things. I taught him how to fist bump. That's our thing. We started doing that a few months ago. And every time I see him, I put my fist out. He fist bumps it. And it's the cutest thing. And he gets it immediately. And I'm proud of him when he does it. Whenever he does like a life skill, if he, if he puts a shirt on by himself, I cheer for him. And he gets so excited. He'll make you. If he does something and you don't cheer, he'll take your hands. They'll put them together. Like, hey, are you going to clap for me or what? So I'd love to support him. And that's one of those things that... I wrote about it this week on uh, on Monday, and I've gone back and forth in my head about it. I've talked to people about it, and I explained to anyone who will listen that, you know, when it comes to my son's autism, it affects his life in profound ways, profound ways, you know? And I wrote about that on Wednesday. It was about low-functioning, high-functioning, all these things, and there's a lot that autism has brought into his life that makes it harder for him long-term. He's going to have to learn life skills. He's going to have to have help. It's going to be harder for him to learn certain things. Being nonverbal, the fact that he doesn't say words, I look at that different necessarily than, than autism per se. I'm not sure why it is. I'm not sure what causes it. All I know is that at 12 years old, autism has become such a part of his personality. It is colored who he is. It's the sounds in the background right now of him happy and excited about what he's doing. He's on his iPad watching the same videos over and over again and being more excited over that than I am over like anything. <laughs> it's really, sometimes I look at him, I'm like, is he really excited or am I dead inside? Because it's one of the two. I don't know where we meet on that, but he, he gets so happy and excited. And that's something that is brought into his life, in my opinion, by autism. It's something that if he didn't have autism, if he wasn't who he is, then he wouldn't be who he is, if that makes any sense. It feels like to take away autism from his personality would be to remove just so much of his personality. Now, I've written about this before. You guys may have noticed, those longtime readers, you guys might catch the fact that I do duplicate subjects. I talk about things that I've talked about before. And a lot of times, one of the reasons why I do it is to either you know solidify a point that I thought was important or explain how my thoughts on something have changed through the years. And when it comes to his autism, it really hasn't changed. I think if I had, as I wrote about one time, an autism magic wand, I wouldn't wave it to take autism away from him. I would wave it to help make learning easier for him. I would never be against, I'm pouring him water if you guys hear that in the background. Um, I wouldn't be against him learning faster. I wouldn't be against giving him every skill, here you go, buddy, every skill that he needs to have an easier life. But to take away this huge aspect of his personality would be to take away his personality. And it's a difficult subject to talk about because I would definitely, if it was just a matter of, you know, helping him with skills, like if, if curing autism, quote unquote, was the equivalent of getting him to talk, then maybe I would think differently, but it's not. 
My son being nonverbal is a skill that he lacks. To teach him how to speak, to teach him how to get words, you don't necessarily have to eliminate the fact that he has autism. To me, I see them as different things. I think there are aspects of his life that I wish could be easier. And there's things that he's going to have to deal with that, I don't know, as a parent, you feel uh, a certain amount of guilt over it. You know, we're the ones who made the decision. We brought them into this world. They didn't ask for this life. And because of that, anything that he has to deal with, any challenge that he has in front of him, I want to be there for him. I want to help him. I want to hold his hand through it um, get him over the other side of the mountain every single time that I can. I totally get that. But I wouldn't want to have a different kid. I wouldn't want to make him a different person. And that's a thought that a lot of parents have when their babies are diagnosed or when they're so small that they haven't yet emerged into their personality. And that's what happened with my son. My son was tiny, you know, not even two years old when we first started realizing, okay, there's a lot going on. And at that point, you haven't really learned who they are yet. You haven't seen how autism can affect their lives. All you do is you picture every nightmare scenario. Is he high functioning or low functioning? That's always the question. And to people who don't know the difference, high functioning brings about ideas of, you know, the good doctor on TV or somebody who's awkward at a party and low functioning. You don't even know what that is, but you just know that it sounds terrible. So whatever you end up getting down the line is this unknown that you're envisioning and you're pretending and you're imagining scenarios with a person you haven't met yet. And at that point, you think to yourself, I don't, I don't want this. I don't want it to be like this. But once you've had a child for 10, 12, 15, however many years you've had your kid and you've seen how autism has affected their personality and who they are, you usually settle in and you go, this is my kid. This is the kid I want. I want to help him. I want to get past every challenge in a natural way, side by side, but I wouldn't just take autism away because to do that would be to take my kid away. And I don't want to do that. I love my kid. And that's who I want to have here next to me. Now, look, you might have a different point of view. That's totally cool. And that's one of the things that I like about doing this blog. I hope you guys get that. I hope you understand that. I, I'm just here to tell you what I think. I'm here to tell you about who my son is. I'm here to tell you about how autism affects our family. I'm not here to tell you how it affects yours. I'm not here to tell you how it is going to affect yours. I'm not here to tell you how you should handle the challenges that your family face. I just tell you what I'm doing, tell you how I see things. Hopefully if there's a point that I'm making or a part of what I say that appeals to you, that you could take something from it, great. If not, maybe it's entertaining. You like hearing the stories. Whatever it happens to be, it's just there for that reason. There's no need to ever feel like if I put something out there that you're not a good parent because you think opposite or whatever. Like it's, it's, this is an individual sport. Everything we're doing is for our children. And I think everybody listening to this, uh, if you're listening as the parent or a caregiver of someone with autism, you know that that person means the world to you and you have their best interest at heart. So at the end of the day, do you. Just listen to my my point of view. And if you like it, great. Um, if not, I do appreciate the support. But I'm not here to change anybody's mind. Just here to tell you what I'm doing. That does it for me this week. Guys, thank you. Follow me on social media. Hi, James Gutman. Hi, James Gutman. I'm everywhere available. Uh, follow me. Uh, whatever you can do on social media, do it. Like, subscribe. Hit the bell. Hit everybody else. Until next time, James Gutman. Be well. Bye, pod. I'm done.